1: Hello, and welcome back to the Balanced Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I've been doing this new thing lately where I've been introducing myself in the intro of every episode, just because I know that there are new listeners to the show every time we release a new episode, which is every Wednesday at, I want to say 6 a.m. Eastern time, which is the middle of the night over here on the West Coast. So nice and consistent. This podcast is the most consistent thing I've ever created in my career and in my life. And I feel really good about that because my podcast is probably my favorite thing that I do. So hi, everyone. My name's Jordan. I am the blogger behind The Balanced Blonde, where we talk all about wellness, yoga, healthy lifestyle hacks, natural healing, and all sorts of holistic means for healing our bodies and being as healthy as we can possibly be. I also am an author of Breaking Vegan, my eating disorder memoir that is all about my journey through orthorexia and finding balance again with food. I'm the host of this podcast, of course, where I talk to people who have set their souls on fire From every different lifestyle, career, walk of life, we have shamans and nutritionists and functional medicine doctors and fashion bloggers and psychic mediums and everything in between. It excites me to no end to see what happens on this podcast every week. And beyond the blog and the podcast and my book, I also teach yoga and host retreats and do a lot of speaking when it comes to wellness and yoga and most recently, holistic healing from chronic Lyme disease. So that is what I'm working on for my next book. And I'm very excited to share that. So you can always expect from the Balanced Wand wellness, yoga, lifestyle, and quite a bit about my life because I think the most interesting blogs really talk about life and share behind the scenes with you because that's what it's all about. So that is me. And if you are a longtime listener to the show, then welcome back and thank you for being here. We have our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook where you can meet friends from all over the world and continue this conversation about the soul on fire life. You can ask questions. It's a very inviting group. I've never seen such an active Facebook group in my life. And I love every single person in there so dearly. So head over to Facebook, soul on fire podcast tribe to join us. And today on the show, we have two incredible, incredible humans who inspire me more than they could ever know. We have Lauren Paul and Molly Mae Thompson, the founders of the Kind Campaign, the anti bullying nonprofit where they go into schools and host assemblies all over the country. They're embarking on their 14th tour this year in October. They've been doing this for a decade and they lead assemblies on being kind and they encourage girls to apologize to each other and recognize how important it is to be nice, be kind, and what a long way that goes. So they share some incredible stories in this episode. They share their own stories of being bullied in middle school and high school. They share all about how they met each other and what it's like now to have children. Lauren has her baby story and Molly has two babies now, Lila and Landon, and what it's like, what it's been like for them to grow into being working mothers and doing it alongside of each other. And we also talk about all sorts of other things. We really just get to know them here. I was so honored to have them on and kind of going back to what I was saying with how I don't even think they know how excited I was to have them on the podcast. I have been a fan of what they've been doing with the kind campaign for so many years. I came across it years ago I think it's probably because I was a very, very huge Breaking Bad fan and found Lauren that way. She's married to Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. And then I found The Kind Campaign. And then I found, of course, Molly and how Molly and Lauren are behind The Kind Campaign. And I just thought it was the coolest, most inspiring thing. I've been a fan from afar for a long time. And then I had the pleasure to speak with Molly on a panel at Bloomingdale's almost a year ago. And we kind of talked about having her on the podcast and then having her on the podcast with Lauren and we were finally able to make it happen. So to follow these ladies for a long time and just be over the moon inspired by what they're doing, it's one of those pinch me crazy moments. To actually have them on the show. Like, wow, I actually have a podcast where I can have people on who inspire me to know and who are doing something that I wish existed when I was in middle school or high school. And people who are legitimately best friends with each other and have started this incredible business and have just grown it so eloquently and in such a beautiful way and have touched the lives of hundreds of thousands of girls, young girls all around the country and around the world, thanks to social media. It's just very special to be able to have them on the show and chat with them. So I hope that they're listening to this so that they know that they absolutely made my day and week and month by being here and getting to share this conversation with all of you is just the cherry on top of the entire conversation and situation. So thank you to Lauren and Molly for coming on the show. Thank you to everybody for listening and for being here. And before we dive in and talk all about the kind campaign, I want to tell you about our fabulous sponsor, Thrive Market. So we have a new special with Thrive Market for everybody listening, and that is that you will get an additional 25% off of your first order plus a 30-day a thirty day free trial on their website when you go to thrivemarket.com slash blonde. That is thrivemarket.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E for an additional 25% off. And I say additional because everything on thrivemarket.com is already up to 50% off of what you would find at a normal grocery store or any other retailer. So that is pretty crazy. It's really, really exciting because Thrive Market goes directly to each brand that they have on their website. They don't have a middleman. So that's why they have these very fair prices and they don't unnecessarily raise the prices. So you can find everything on there, which is thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products and so many other things always at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. So you can actually get everything you need on Thrive Market From non-GMO food and snacks to vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, safe and non-toxic beauty products, kitchen staples, home goods, organic baby food, kids products, and so much more. So what makes it even more special is that it is shipped directly to your door and you really can't beat that. So you can also shop by category on Thrive Market, which is what I do. I usually either type in vegan or organic, or sometimes I type in cat food or something really specific that I'm looking for. And the shopping experience is just very premium and it's very easy because you can shop by category. So there's also all sorts of things on each page that you can see, like why you'll love what you're looking at, price comparisons to retail, nutritional ingredients, and all sorts of other things. It's a highly curated experience, and I think that you will absolutely love it. And what they believe is that it doesn't make sense that non-organic products cost more than organic natural products. So now for the first time in history, History, shoppers can actually access wholesome alternatives to conventional products found at traditional supermarkets, but at the exact same price or lower. So, ever since I started using Thrive, I feel like my life has changed for the better. It just makes life easy to have simple things like all of my favorite vegan snacks and chocolate, eating evolved, my favorite, delivered right to my door. It eliminates that whole extra process of going to the grocery store when I don't have to. So to get some thrive in your life, go to thrivemarket.com slash blonde to get that 25% off. And for a 30 day free trial on their website, the link will be in the show notes to make it easy. And I truly cannot wait to hear what you all think. So that's thrive thank you for sponsoring the show and now we will head into today's episode with the beautiful and inspiring lauren paul and molly Mae thompson Okay. So I am sitting here with two amazing women who inspire me so much. We have Lauren Paul and Molly Thompson, the founders of The Kind Campaign. They are also best friends, which is so special. And I love so much because I think working with your best friend is just a dream and something that so many people want to do and maybe have tried, but didn't know how to navigate it. Cause I mean, there's so much there. So that's so cool. And yeah, I would love to just have you guys introduce mm-hmm. yourselves to our tribe and tell us a little bit about you.
2: Yeah. So, well, thank you. We're so yeah. happy to be here. I'm Lauren Paul. And like you said, one of the co-founders of Kind Campaign, filmmaker of uh, Finding Kind. And... Yeah. We started Kind Campaign almost 10 years ago. We were just talking about how it's been almost 10 years since we started it. A decade of this, isn't it? But yeah, it is so special to be able to do my job with one of my best friends. And it's funny, actually, we weren't even that close when we started it. We knew each other but we I think most people probably assume we like grew up together we like met the first day of college or something <laughs> um but we actually bonded over a YouTube video and the communications YouTube yeah, the, video the, the, um the leave Brittany alone mm-hmm. Chris
0: Crocker <laughs> <line video>. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Lauren first, ran over like, to me with OG it. viral videos
2: mm-hmm. and um and the rest was history
0: yeah so which is crazy that, that was yeah. we, so down. we
2: really we really bonded obviously and got to know each other um, shortly after that and then in finding Kind Campaign together. Um, but yeah, just universes colliding
0: and being in the right place in the right time, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good to be here and to be talking to you and um, and Molly, I don't know if we're like supposed to introduce ourselves, <laughs> um, <laughs> have- but yeah. But excited to be chatting today and um, yeah, I can't believe that that was 10 years ago. Also, if you haven't seen that video, if you were too young, then you should watch it now because it's <laughs>
2: yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: I will never forget you running over to my the table. I was like, I think we were both just up in the comm building and I was yeah. like sitting, probably eating in between classes. And I think we were about to have a class together. Yeah. We had and a like, film class together. We had a bunch of mutual friends, but we had never like formally met. Yeah. And so finally you just broke the ice and just ran over and you're like, have you seen this video? <laughs> and it really, the rest really was history. Was and I like, love that
2: okay. technically that video was about don't bully Britney Spears. Oh my goodness. I just never thought about Just realized that right now.
1: See? That's actually amazing. That's, that's kind of interesting. Because
0: yeah.
2: yeah. like, that was kind of during the time when people were just really giving her mm-hmm. such a hard time. And I just like felt for her. And then that amazing video came out. And that's, well, and, that's and there you go. Met.
0: There we go.
1: That's so <laughs> funny when you think about it that yeah. way. It's like, it's, it's all kind of fate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really I is. haven't thought about that video in probably ten years. I was in high school. Yeah. So almost kind of missed the cut for seeing it. Yeah. So yeah, people listening, we have young people who listen. You guys should look it up because it's funny. And leave it's f- Brittany
0: alone. Yes. Yeah. And you'll find it.
1: The foundations of your friendship. True. So Thanks, Chris. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> was that toward the
1: end of college?
2: Like that was our junior year, right? Mm-hmm. Junior yeah, that was year, junior year uh, at Pepperdine. We met at Pepperdine. We were both uh, film majors together. Um, we had a few classes together, and yeah, so that was our junior year. And then it was after the summer, going into our senior year, uh, that's when we kind of came together and started laying the groundwork for Kind Campaign. We had uh, breakfast or lunch at mm-hmm. the Broadway Cafe in Santa Monica. Which is no longer there.
0: It's not? No, they've replaced it with something else. I know. Well, that's
2: where Kind yeah. Campaign came to be.
0: <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I wonder what's
2: there now. Yeah. And yeah, so I had just had this really incredible experience at this film festival called Mountain Film um, that summer before and just felt really inspired by the experience that I had there. Growing up, I'd always wanted to tackle bullying in some way. Um, I don't know if we'll end up diving into this or not, but we both have experiences with bullying, as I think we all do, um, all have at different points in our lives, mine being in middle school, Molly's in high school. And really since that experience, I had always just been so saddened by uh, this universal experience that we share and um, kind of this rite of passage that we had accepted as girls, as women, that we will, you know, kind of when you um you haze someone. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, like, the sorority I, was, like, I gotta me, get there. I'm not thinking gonna move on, on and off. All the sorority mm-hmm. words. Sorority. Like, yeah. Okay. you yes. kinda like haze mm-hmm. people in your friend mm-hmm. groups. And there's just this thing that goes on. And I was always so confused and saddened by it. And um so yeah, I worked on a documentary and just was super inspired by that experience and felt like that could be a cool way to shed light on this issue. And so Molly and I sat down and we were kind of exchanging stories about our summer, and I talked about this idea to do a documentary. And then we kind of just snowballed into conversation about our own personal experiences and what that looked like and naturally came to this place of just doing it and and starting to shoot and seeing what that looked like. And we had no idea what that would turn into. Um, But it was really through those initial interviews for the documentary that we kind of looked at each other and realized this could be more than just a film. Um, and that's when we started laying the groundwork for the nonprofit uh, with this idea of developing school programming, specifically centered around a conversation about the way girls treat one another and aiming to raise awareness and um, promote healing around this. And so, yeah, it was
0: Yeah, it was really amazing... through like our senior year when we were at Pepperdine um, that we were doing what Lauren was talking about, really laying the groundwork for the nonprofit, which is crazy because when people hear that, they assume that either the film or the nonprofit, one or the other was some sort of project that came out of being yeah. students at Pepperdine. Uh, but it, I mean, we should have, that would have been great. We, if we were, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was part of our, uh, uh, school project or something, but it wasn't, it was something that we were doing, you know, on top of Going to class and all of that comes with that, um, and I I remember just being in you know each other's like rooms at the time, like on top of doing schoolwork, laying all the groundwork for um, you know starting the nonprofit and you know pulling crazy all nighters. Once we graduated, trying to just lay the groundwork to go on this road trip because that's when we went to shoot the film was the fall after graduation from Pepper Nine. Um, And that kind of came from a really organic place of wanting to cover as much ground as possible um, and see just how this issue was affecting females all over the country. Because we, like Lauren mentioned, had um, realized that this is something that, you know, girls and women were longing to talk about in our initial interviews there at Pepperdine and then also just um, in Orange County where Lauren is from. And, And so we wanted to see how this issue was affecting females across the country. And so we were like, well... Let's go on a road trip, and so we did, which is crazy now to think about just how young we were at the time to to go out and do that. Um, but I think that everything happened the way it did because we were fresh out of college, and because we were down to pull, you know, all these crazy all nighters, and we were down to ask Toyota for a minivan, and they were like, "Okay." You know, we had these big asks that we made of people and of companies, and. And I think because we were so passionate and driven, it ended up, you know, all kind of coming together and, and then since then have, you know, created different curriculums and programming that go along with that. We have a kind club curriculum that we created after. Uh, we got back and um, really launched the school assembly program because we saw the amount of change that was being created in schools. And um, we really wanted to figure out a way to kind of keep that energy and momentum going after we left the school. And so we created a kind club curriculum. We now have a kind ambassador program. A couple of years ago, we did a kind camp. So yeah, it kind of took off from those beginning stages. 10 that's, years ago.
1: Yeah, that's so amazing. And you've been doing it for 10 years. So yeah. you've probably met incredible kids and heard life-changing stories, oh, I'm sure. Amazing stories. Which I, I want to hear. But first, I want to dive into what you mentioned with both of your experiences being bullied. Mm. I would love to hear more about both of those. Mm-hmm. I'm sure every single person listening can relate. Yeah. Um, including myself, of course. So would love to hear the stories.
2: Yeah. So uh, for me, my experience, I mean, I've gone through different things, obviously, throughout life, but the one that really was um, detrimental and I think a really life changing moment for me was in middle school uh, with a group of girlfriends. And it started with a rumor that someone made up about me and then just kind of turned into two years of torture. And uh, it was a group of girls that were people that I considered to be my best friends. And, you know, I think more important than what they did to me, which, you know, obviously it was like starting rumors and calling me names and throwing things at me at lunch and ripping up homework before class. And I could go on and on about the things that they did to me. But more important than that, I think, is the effect of those experiences. And that's really why we feel so passionate about the conversation that we are a part of. Because, you know, at that really crucial, fragile age, coming to school, having to face these girls in the hallways, I was just petrified. And I ended up developing a severe depression throughout seventh and eighth grade which turned into an eating disorder that I battled for a few years. I completely lost my sense of self-worth and self-confidence. My grades dropped. I was pretty much failing school when I was going through all this because all I could focus on was that anxiety that I had coming to class every day. So I didn't even care about my schoolwork. And I got to the point in seventh grade where I tried to commit suicide as a result of what I was going through. You know, obviously suicide is such a serious thing to talk about and You know, I I find it really important to just be very open and honest about that chapter of my life because as we've traveled and had this conversation with hundreds of thousands of students across the world, it's unfortunately not uncommon to have girls come up to us after our assemblies, letting us know that they've had thoughts like that or they think that, you know, that could be the solution to whatever it is that they're going through. And so, you know, I just find it really important to stand there in front of those groups of girls and to remind them that they're not alone that suicide and also for anyone that's listening you know i know that that's having those thoughts is common people go through it you are not alone if you're listening and experiencing that or if you have in the past or you do in the future but just to know that suicide is never the solution to anything and i'm so happy that i'm alive that i'm living my life that i'm sitting here today having the experiences that i am and that i didn't go through with that And when I think back on that time, there's really two things that stand out to me. One is that I didn't reach out to anybody. And I just kind of decided that I was going to handle this entire trauma really on my own at the age of 13, which was really unhealthy. And, you know, I have a great relationship with my parents, but I didn't want to open up to them. And so, you know, for anyone listening um, or, you know, when we go into schools and talk with young girls... Um, it's so important to talk about it and to reach out to somebody because you know they really do have the tools and the resources if you go specifically to a teacher or a parent to really help you get through that experience. And I think that if I would have opened up to my parents more about what I was going through or maybe spoke with a counselor, I don't think I would have gotten to that suicidal place that I did. And then the other thing that really stands out is just the fact that those experiences felt like my entire world. And it seemed impossible when I was going through all that that, There is actually a whole life in store for me outside of my school hallways, right? So you're walking your middle school hallways and understandably so, it feels like your entire story. But just to remind girls that there are so many chapters ahead, there's people you'll meet, relationships, there's places you'll travel to, there are actually people out in the world right now living their own lives that you'll become friends with one day that you don't even know exist yet and just to kind of gain that perspective and to share that with girls, you know, obviously is so important to us. Um, but then again, for anyone listening who might be in a hard place, reach out to someone, talk about it, know that you're not alone and that there are better days to come. Although that was a very hard chapter of my life. I'm thankful for the experience and, you know, it brought us here and I feel lucky to be able to stand in front of girls and share that just to let them know I've been in their shoes and know what it's like to feel alone and invisible and ugly and worthless. And and just to remind them that they are none of those things. They're beautiful and important and unique. And I think when you're in school, especially it can be really hard to, to gain that perspective and to fall into a place where you love yourself and, and have self-confidence. And sometimes the kids at school can make that really hard. So yeah, that was a little bit of my experience. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's incredible that you've
1: been able to turn that really dark time in your life into something that helps so many people. Like you said, hundreds of thousands of kids that you've both spoken to now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best thing we can do with the awful, dark, challenging things that we go through. Just find a way to turn it into a message and show people that that's not the end. There's Mm -hmm. so much more. Yeah. What about yours?
0: Um, yeah. So when I was in high school, it was my junior year of high school, there was a group of girls yeah, that just um, started rumors about me and just led to a really, really dark year that year. And I dreaded going to school. I would go to school, but during passing periods, I would go and I would find the nearest bathroom and I would sit in one of the bathroom stalls and I would wait until the next bell would ring because... I was so embarrassed about running into this group of girls in the hallways. Um, So I would just sit there and I would go late to all of my classes and we had off-campus lunch. And instead of going, you know, to any of the places nearby the school, I would just sit in my car and eat lunch by myself uh, because I was so afraid and terrified of running into any of these girls, you know, out and about, I would rather just sit and kind of hide in my car and, I was on dance team with this group of girls and whenever we had water breaks, I would go and I would grab my cell phone as fast as I could. And I would call my mom and just kind of hope that she was free and able to answer the phone. And if she was busy and she wasn't able to answer at the time, I would just stand there and hold the phone up to my ear and almost have like fake pretend conversations, just talking to myself because I was so insecure and so consumed by what this group of girls thought about me. I wanted. Them to think that I had at least one friend to talk to during those water breaks. So I would stand there talking to myself um, to try and make them think that that whole year just, um, I, like I said, I just, I hated going to school. Made it to the end of my junior year. And on the very last day, I was walking through the hallways during class and the halls were pretty empty. Everyone was in class at the time except this one girl also happened to be walking in the halls. And I remember when I saw her, my heart started racing because I was afraid of what she might say or what she might do. And we walked past each other and um, she stopped and turned around and called out my name, said, Molly, I'm so sorry for everything that I've put you through. I don't know why I did any of it, and I'm so sorry. And for me, that apology in that moment was completely life changing because, up until that point, that entire year, I had been questioning myself and wondering, you know, why are these things happening to me, or what could I do differently, or how could I make them stop? And her simple, you know, apology and letting me know that she didn't know why she was acting out in that way allowed me to see that there was light at the end of the tunnel and that that negative experience that I was going through wasn't going to be my entire world for the rest of my life. And so I was able to take her apology in and forgive her and move past those experiences. And I went on to have an amazing senior year experience, one that I would have never even dreamed of having any one of the days of um, during junior year. And so um, I love being able to share not only what I went through, but more importantly, Um, The fact that, you know, her apologizing to me and kind of what came out of that and how that did completely change, you know, my senior year and the rest of my life. Um, I love being able to share the power of an apology whenever we're in schools. And again, you know, to anyone listening, just recognizing that and a big message behind Kind Campaign is that we've all been on both sides of this issue. You know, we're not about pointing the finger at anyone and saying that, you know, you're a bully or you're a mean person um, because we've all said and done things that have negatively impacted other people. Um, And really I think there's so much power and hope within that because because of that, we are the ones who have the power to create change and to take ownership of maybe some of the things that we're not so proud of or some of the things that we've said or done that have hurt other people and to apologize to those people. And um, so to be able to stand up you know, in front of rooms of young girls and to be able to share the power that they have within their own um You know, words and um, the power of an apology is really incredible. And um, we're able to witness that in assemblies because one of the activities that we do with the girls is called a kind apology. And so we give them the opportunity to apologize to someone for something that they've said or done. And it's one of our favorite parts of Kind Campaign and um, of the interactive um, activities that we do with the girls because we see um, the girls, you know, writing out their apologies and getting so. Excited to go and give their apology to the person that they've written it to. That oftentimes, you know, we tell them to hand it to that person after the assembly, but oftentimes they're so excited about um, wanting to hand it to them immediately that they'll get up in the middle of the assembly and walk over and hand it to that person. And just to be able to witness these girls having those moments of reconciliation and healing, and um, the conversation, and oftentimes, you know, hugs and tears that occur after that apology, it just showcases that you know the apology is not only so powerful for the person receiving it, like it was in my case, but it's also um, so powerful for the person who's giving the apology as well. And so, yeah, that's what I went through, you know, in high school, but also just a little bit about kind of how it feels to be able to to share that with girls and, and, and what we do in our assemblies.
1: I love that about the apology. Yeah. Well, first of all, everything that you described about your junior year just makes my heart hurt. So, I mean... It's so sad to think about, especially just looking back like at such a young age and you really don't know what mm-hmm. to do about it. Mm-hmm. And I can just imagine, I mean, I call my mom like during any little, any, anything that happens yeah. probably 10 times a day still. So mm-hmm. I love that your mom was always there for yeah. you. And that's, that's so hard. Mm-hmm. But the apology thing is huge. And mm-hmm. I think that's something everybody listening can take away too. You don't have to be in middle school or high school to Mm -hmm. recognize how important it is to apologize to someone that you've hurt. And sometimes I still think about middle school and high school and things that I did and said to people. Mm -hmm. And I actually get the urge to apologize like 10, 15 years later. And I have, because I'm still friends with with a lot of these people, even if the things were minor or I don't know. But looking back, I'm like, Oh, how did I ever do that? Yeah, yeah. But
2: we were just so young. Yeah. So, mm.
1: yeah. I well, mean,
2: apologizing is it when we share this with the girls, it's not only healing for the person you're apologizing mm-hmm. to, but it's healing for yourself as mm-hmm. well, so that you don't have to carry the weight of that guilt or, you know, 20 years later look back and regret something and mm-hmm. wish you could do something over. So, but I love that you've reached out to people. I think that's so cool. And we've witnessed that mm-hmm. through our online community, seeing women reach out to women, um, you know, people that they haven't talked to since middle school and just finding them on Facebook or something and apologizing. And it's, it's so powerful. It's, Mm -hmm. it's incredible. One of my favorite things during our assemblies is, um, you know, when, when we're speaking, you can scan the audience and you see all the clicks and all the different dynamics at play, or you can see a girl in the corner sitting by themselves and, um, by herself and, A lot of times during these assemblies, there's one person in particular who receives a ton of apologies. And you just feel in that moment, you know, this is someone who has a really hard time at school, you know, who comes to school scared, who feels alone, who for whatever reason has been the target. And to be able to see collectively a student body recognize that that's not right and recognize the power in apologizing and making amends. Turning this girl's life around is so i mean emotional and like impactful and incredible for us to witness, but um yeah, just to 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 watch a girl walk out of the school auditorium with like twenty kind apology cards in her hand is just and you just know she's going back into those lockers or school hallways with a new sense of confidence and you know some healing that had taken place and so yeah. It's it It's incredible how just this little piece of paper can truly transform someone's school experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine for that person sitting alone to then receive so much love mm-hmm. and apologies, probably for the first time, yeah. must just completely change her life. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, pretty so incredible. Cool. Mm-hmm. So what are some stories that stand out that you've heard that people have told you from Going into their schools, just something that really, really stands out in your mind. Mm.
2: There's so many. I wouldn't know where to start, and I feel like I'd love to think, like, talk about some new, like, think of some new.
0: Well, one something that it's not new, but we haven't talked about it in a while. And as we were talking about the apologies, um, and maybe because I'm like going to Chicago this weekend, yeah. it's on my mind is actually when we were on the road trip to shoot the film. Um, So this is in the documentary or part of this is in the documentary, not the follow-up because we didn't know what happened, you know, after we left until later, but speaking of just like the power of an apology and how that can truly change the course of someone's life. Um, we were in Chicago at one of our friend's houses uh, from Pepperdine. And she, uh, at the time, her little sister was in high school. And so she had gotten her sister to, she went to a small school. So it was basically, we did an assembly with the entire female student body, but it was like at their house. And so we, um, you know, we did the whole activity with them and um, we're talking to them just about what was going on in their school, and it was really interesting because at the beginning it, we were able to have just really open, candid conversation. Because again, we were you know just in someone's house, and so we were just asking them like what the dynamics were at school, and if you know they had anything going on between their groups of friends, and um, you know they were telling us how no, like everything was so great, and they you know had been going to school together for years because they went to a private school, so it was like a I think like even a K through 12 school. So they really have known each other their entire lives. And we're just going on and on about how amazing their experience at school was. And so we were going through the different activities. And when we got to the kind apology, the room just got, you know, silent as they were all just filling out their kind apology. And a lot of them also were asking for multiple kind apologies, which is something that happens a lot in the assemblies. Um, girls... Are so inspired to um, apologize that they want more, which we love to see. So they were getting, you know, more and more kind of apologies and just filling them out. But there was one specific girl who kept receiving kind apologies from, you know, the girls in the room, and these are her friends; these are people that she's known, you know, her whole life, and um, and they really, they all were really good friends. But there was clearly this underlying jealousy that was happening towards this girl that I think they collectively realized in that moment, you know, and having these conversations with us and with each other. And, um, they were all very vulnerable in expressing that to her. And, um, not only via, you know, these little pieces of paper, but also, you know, verbally in front of everyone, a lot of them wanted to, um, just tell her how sorry they were for just, being jealous and excluding her at times, or maybe talking about her behind her back. And they were the ones who, you know, shared that it came from this place of feeling insecure because they were jealous of certain things that she had because she was so talented in sports and, you know, so great at school and got along with everyone. And um, it was really a powerful moment for us to be able to witness that and to be able to see the girls um, feel empowered and, just be really honest with themselves about why they were maybe treating her this way. And again, like I mentioned before, like these were her friends and are her friends. And so in that moment, you know, she was crying, she was saying how happy she was and um, we could just see there and feel this shift in the room. But what was really incredible and powerful for us was that afterwards we found out Later from um, our friend that um, this girl's mom reached out to the mom whose house that it was at and shared with her that she was actually going to pull her out of school and transfer schools prior you know to um, that happening and during that summer like she was going to change schools because of just how isolated her daughter was feeling and because of Um, the, you know, the conversation that we had and all of the apologies that she received and just how her friendships are feeling moving forwards after that moment, she's staying in school and, um, staying, you know, with this group of people that she's been friends with, but she was feeling so alone, um, at school that she was going to change schools before her senior year. And then, and then she didn't because of that moment. And I remember when we found that out, um, I can't remember if we were still on the road trip or we had just gotten back, but we already felt like that moment was so powerful and, and, you know, witnessed so much change. But then to hear the follow up to really how deeply impacted her life was because of that moment was just really incredible for us. And I think also showcased again, like we've been talking about, just the power of an apology in changing, you know, someone's life.
1: That's so cool. That gives me chills that that was her experience. Mm. I went to a K through 12 school. Okay. Yeah. So you're very familiar with that like dynamic. You're describing our exact experience. I mean, because everyone, I'm sure, this super small group of us that went to school together for 13 years, there were 42 kids in my class, oh, wow. would have said, we all get along great. And we yeah. don't have any issues. And bullying is very different when it's kind, of, and when it's so small because mm-hmm. it's like a family and ev- everybody knows everything mm-hmm. about you mm-hmm. and your whole family and so much more but it still happens and probably even more so in a way one person will get targeted and isolated and it would change every year or even by the week probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I could imagine that being so impactful amongst my friends at that time. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. So cool. What about you? Do you have a standout? I mean, I realized
2: obviously every time we share Rachel's story, it's with a new group. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's so many people here that, haven't heard it, and it's so powerful. So, during, uh, so we were on a spring tour probably four years ago. And uh, during the assemblies, we do our activities the kind pledge, kind apology, and kind card. And uh, there was this girl, her name we learned later is Rachel, and she came to the front and shared her kind card. And we chatted with her a little bit after, but it was really after the assembly that we had this incredible interaction, this moment with her. So after every assembly, we take a picture with all of the girls and then we post it on our Instagram and all of our handles. And we always love to scroll through the comments and see what girls are talking about. And a lot of times we'll see girls like connecting with each other and um, giving us, you know, feedback and, you know, things that have happened after we've left, which is so cool for us to see. And we came across this particular comment from Rachel on that day's post. We were actually in the middle of nowhere, like, driving through a cornfield. We were in Utah, and we were driving to our next assembly, like, two hours away, and Molly was driving. And I remember I was sitting in the passenger seat, and I was just like, Molly, you have to hear this comment. And she wrote that, basically, you know, she's been struggling at school, and how she feels so alone, and how the morning of the Kind Campaign Assembly... Um, she kind of had wrote it off. She didn't want to go and ended up being forced to come to the assembly. But in the beginning, just kind of wrote it off and was just not, not really excited about what the experience was going to be because probably because of the pain she was in and not really wanting to face what we were talking about. But then she shared how through the experience, through the activities, the film, the connections that she engaged in and witnessed, her life was changed because that morning she had decided that she was going to go home and commit suicide that day after school. And how, and she shared with us how through the experience at Kind Campaign, she realized that she's not alone. And that, like I was saying earlier, there's so much ahead of her. There's more to life that these broken relationships that she was currently experiencing, which were Causing so much anxiety, you know, they're temporary, that it's not her whole world. She said in the comment that the assembly saved her life. And you know, obviously we just kind of looked at each other, and I mean, I feel really fortunate and honored to be able to say that we've had a lot of different moments like that take place, but with her, um, I don't know, we just we connected with her immediately after and um, got our information, we sent her a giving key. I don't know if you know that and company. I- uh, which she actually, I just saw, I follow her on Instagram, and she's wearing that giving key at her graduation. And, Aww. you know, she wears it every day. And um, something kind of cool that just happened because we still keep in touch with her and she's doing amazing and uh, just graduated and is so happy and has friends and is just doing great. But she sent us both uh, invitations to her graduation and a letter that basically said, you know, without the experience that I had, at your assembly and without you know the amends that were made and the confidence that I walked out of that building with I wouldn't be here graduating today so um yeah it's just I mean that was obviously something that just stands out and um to be able to have any sort of impact in someone's life is you know such an honor and I just feel like you know the conversation that we feel really lucky to be a part of has just been able to lend itself to moments like that so that's really a powerful thing. That's so
1: powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, how crazy to not only to impact someone's life that way, but to keep in contact with her as you have yeah. and see her life now. Yeah. And she's just
2: like, every time I see her post a picture, it just like makes my heart mm-hmm. so warm. She's just glowing and mm-hmm. smiling. And and literally, she wears that key in every mm-hmm. single uh, picture she posts. That's just, amazing. Yeah. It's really...
1: She's amazing. She sounds incredible. Yeah, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty blown surreal. away. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. totally blown away. Okay, just a brief interruption from this conversation with Lauren and Molly. To tell you about the adaptogens that I am currently loving and I'm so excited to share with you. So, this is one of the easiest ways that I'm sneaking adaptogens into my life right now. They are some of the world's most potent adaptogens in one daily cup, and you don't even have to buy a bunch of expensive jars to use them. Rasa coffee. So, you guys know I love my adaptogenic coffee, it is so different than regular coffee that gives you that crazy jittery feeling and is often unfortunately full of molds. And we know that I've been dealing with mold poisoning. So that is not fun. Not something I would wish upon anyone. Rasa coffee with a K is the world's first conscious coffee alternative. And it offers seven of the world's most revered adaptogens, plus two mushrooms, chaga and reishi, and four other herbs that are great for gentle detoxification, digestive support, and nourished radiant skin. But back to those adaptogens, as you may know, these are herbs that are clinically proven to help our body adapt to stress. They work with both your endocrine system and your nervous system to make you stress less, essentially by cueing your body to thrive, under stress instead of buckle under the pressure. And that is something that we all need, especially in this day and age. They're truly amazing herbs. And the team at Rasa has worked hard to make these incredible herbs as accessible as possible. You can use them right in your morning coffee ritual. It's delicious with almond milk, or you can blend it with coffee for just an adaptogenic boost to your regular coffee. You can use it as your base for adaptogenic lattes, like I use with my four sigmatic chaga, or you can do what Jonathan does and use the Rasa coffee in a French press and then add bulletproof MCT oil and either coconut butter or ghee or something to make that fatty with a pH Rasa coffee bulletproof style. You can add cacao or vanilla and it's so delicious. Not only are they so healthy for you and so yummy, but they're lovingly packaged in compostable packaging and priced to be an accessible way to get your adaptogens daily. They have so many different health benefits for you and I know that you're going to love them. So visit rossacoffee.com that's r-a-s-a coffee with a K, dot k.com and use the code blonde15 for 15% off of your first order. I know you guys are going to fall in love and tell me what you think when you try. When I was in high school, my boyfriend had severe depression and tried to commit suicide Mm. multiple times. And then we were together for years afterward. And this basically became a pattern that kind of happened like probably 10 times. So impacted everyone's life around him more than he Mm. could ever imagine. Mm. I'm sure that's something you guys touch on too. Like Mm. The whole topic of suicide and people not realizing how many people care about them that they're leaving behind. So that topic is so dear to my heart, Mm -hmm. and just watching him struggle for so many years, and unfortunately still, um, because some people just don't have the—I don't know. I mean, he has the support and the love, but don't aren't in the position to get out of that just way of thinking and feeling, mm-hmm. um, he's doing well, but not, you know, as well as like people who love him would hope. Yeah. So it's tough. And yeah. I think had we had something like this when we were in high school, although he did not go to my tiny school, he went to the public school right next to it, um, would have been so helpful mm-hmm. for him and for so many people. So, that's all amazing, but switching gears to something else that I love is that you are best friends who work mm-hmm. together and I would love to hear more about that just the dynamics of work and relationship and all of that.
2: So yeah, I mean being able to work alongside one of your best friends is just the dream, right? It's like I and it's so funny because I feel like a lot of people are very wary of that and the idea of working with a friend, understandably so, can be a little scary also. But we've had just such an incredible experience. I mean, kind campaign, I think, is as successful as it is because of the relationship that we have as partners mm-hmm. and as friends. You know, from day one, we've had this very strict policy that communication is so important. Like if we want to do this and we want to do it together and maintain our friendship, Mm -hmm. then we're going to have to, you know, of course there's going to be things that we don't agree on and you're starting a business together as well. And so how important it is to talk about everything, Mm -hmm. to make sure that you feel heard and understood. And I think we've been really good about sharing with each other, you know, if there's ever something that we feel like there's been a misunderstanding or we're not on the same page, or we have a different idea about something that we just calmly and respectfully share with the other person, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we've done since day one. And thankfully it's, you know, there've been a handful of those moments, mm-hmm. not many, but, you know, and then to receive that and to digest it and to just have a respectful conversation about what it, whatever it is. And, you know, I think that's been something that's really served to our benefit and, mm-hmm. Um, again, has allowed us to move forward. And when a lot of people, I think, get really stuck in pride and have a hard time moving past something because they want to like stick to what they think or Mm -hmm. not hear the other person. And I think we've just done a really good job at navigating those waters. Mm -hmm. To be able to like travel the country with your friend and to go into schools and have these experiences. I mean, and we talk about this all the time. Something that's so awesome is like, you're the only person literally on the face (laughs) of the earth, not even my husband. Like you are the only person that knows what that Mm -hmm. journey has looked like. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because it's like, we always say, God, I wish like our friends or even our family could like be a fly on the wall Mm -hmm. during a tour or just could have been in the room to just see all these different Building blocks that Mm -hmm. brought us to where we are today, but like you're the only person who knows, and Mm -hmm. but that's so special. I actually don't
0: want them to be flies in the wall. Like I love that it was just you
2: and me, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, yeah, chime in.
0: No, it's just crazy. I mean, it's just crazy thinking about that as you were saying that, and like thinking through. Like I feel like there's a reel of like our journey with Kind Campaign going through my head, and it's just it's kind of making me nostalgic and like emotional at the same time. I'm also very hormonal. So I was just like <laughs> was about to start crying. But yeah, no, it's been just really incredible. And I think, you know, thinking back to the early days that we were talking about earlier. Um, and like what Lauren was talking about, like having that, having conversation and having dialogue be so important. Um, we learned early on that without that like we, I mean, we wouldn't be where we are today for sure. And that sure. goes for
2: any relationship. Yeah,
0: definitely. So important. And I think, yeah, we, we figure that out early on when we did, you know, have like things that we wanted to talk about or, you know, conversations that needed to be had. And at first we were a little bit more timid or didn't really know how to approach those things because we were two friends, you know, going into starting a business together. And, and I think making sure that we had that trust for one another and with one another. Um, to know that were we to bring something up or were we to be vulnerable about something and say, well, this is like what I'm feeling, to know that it would be received also by the other person. And, you know, then a conversation would be had about it. That I think was key for us for sure. And those things can be scary. And I mean, we were Really young then. And, mm-hmm. and I remember like certain conversations seemed so big and so scary at the time yeah. because it was also, I mean, there were so many things that were so new. Starting a business obviously was so new. Having those converse, those types of conversations was so new. Doing that with someone that you care so much about, you know, as a friend and as a person, like there was just so many factors at play yeah. and. I'm really proud of us for like and being able to have navigate. I never thought that. about
2: until you said how young we were to yeah. think about like the types of things that we had to navigate mm-hmm. in those first that first chapter because there was just so much we had to do to mm-hmm. be able to establish kind campaign it was like endless amounts of work mm-hmm. on top of being friends and trying to maintain a friendship through working on that. Right. Right. And we were 22. Like that's crazy.
0: And we did, we did a really good job. <laughs> We're Yeah, still I'm actually here today. really proud of yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, you should be. Yeah. Um, well, and I think like you just said, like something that I think is so important and can and probably is very tricky for a lot of people is maintaining that friendship mm-hmm. throughout. And that's something else that, I mean, with everything in life and with Kind Campaign and with us, like we are very intentional about things um, and decisions that we make. And that was something, again, early on that we were very intentional about wanting to ensure that we were able to maintain that friendship. And so, I mean, that means sometimes being like, okay, we love kind campaign, obviously, but we don't want to talk about it right now. Like, mm-hmm. let's just go to dinner as friends and like talk yeah. about all the other things going on in our lives. And, and then that also means like when we're on the road and we know everything that there is to know about what's going on in our lives being okay with just like playing cards and like,
2: I was just going to bring it up. Like, (laughs) I think it's a real test. Like, you know, when someone's your person, when you can sit in silence with them, Mm -hmm. when you don't have Mm -hmm. to talk about something, like when you can sit comfortably, it's not awkward and you just exist. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about anything right now. yeah So we just chill. Mm -hmm. Like that's when you know, someone is your person. And like when we're on tour, like she said, we literally have talked about everything. We know (laughs) everything about each other. It's like, Obviously, there's new things we talk right, about, but right. like when we've been on tour for three weeks, four weeks at a time, and together twenty four hours a day, we're like, okay, well, let's just let's just play cards, sit. and so we like sit and play <laughs> rummy for
0: hours mm-hmm. on end, and, and it never gets old. I think that's yeah. something too. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have a good time. Too? Yeah, like, you're it like get old, my eighty year old. Like, oh we're like an old <laughs> couple. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love that those are the best kinds of friendships yeah. and relationships where you don't have to feel like you always have to be talking on. just for yeah. the sake of talking yeah. and on yeah, for sure mm-hmm. I love that because mm. all of the road trips that you guys have been on, I am sure you've covered everything about yeah. every every little aspect of your lives.
2: Yeah. Mm. We can like very comfortably just stare out the window and not oh, be yeah. in our heads being like, is she mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> right. Are we friends?
1: Right. Like, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so funny. So now that you both have children, which you have Molly, you have two. And then you have Story, which yeah. I got to hear all about her name journey Mm -hmm. and incredible, the cutest thing. Um, how has that changed the the business? And have you, I'm assuming you haven't been on the road since recently giving
0: birth, both of you Mm
1: -hmm. or have you
0: not? No, no. no. Um, we're actually gearing up for our 14th founders tour this Mm -hmm. October. Um, so that'll be the first time post my second and her first, um, so really excited about that. And it's been so speaking of just like friendship and business, um, you know, kind of entering this new chapter of being moms together has been really, really special. And um, it's been really special, not only obviously as friends, but then also as businesswomen to be able to navigate together what working and, you know, being moms, like what all of that looks like, what we want that to look like, how they play a part um, in the work that we do, not only like emotionally and like in spirit when we're in assemblies, I feel like we now have a different perspective when we're talking to these young kids because we now have the perspective of being moms, um, which we didn't have before. And so I think that's really incredible. But then also, you know, navigating it on the business side of like, how how do we do this, you know, and, and do it in a way that feels good and comfortable. And um, after having Lila, who's my first, she has gone on two tours with us, which is crazy um, and so surreal. And um, it's been really incredible to be able, again, to have open and honest dialogue about like, how is, how is this going to work and how does this feel? And I just feel really lucky and blessed to be able to be in a position where we are able to, you know, do... Both um, to be able to continue to work and um, feel good about you know being there at home with them too. So um, yeah, it's really special being able to do this together. Also,
2: he said something that I wanted to chime in on when you said how this has been kind of a cool new chapter mm-hmm. as we're you know entering motherhood and or have already entered motherhood, but and navigating that as friends and um, for me. Towards Molly, it's been so like I've loved this chapter so much because it's opened up this new—I don't know, I, maybe this like new door in my heart towards you, where I um, I just like look up to her so much as a mother and like really like look to her for advice. And, and now you're really gonna make me <laughs> cry. <laughs> no, really, you're just—you're so amazing—and just to see from day one how she not only like with Lila on tour and Navigating Kind Campaign, but then just how she really has done such an amazing job of like maintaining her own life while being a mom. And that was always something like, I was really scared to have kids because I was so worried about what that looked like for my own selfish space. Like, I can't like give everything up, you know? And she, I think is just such an amazing example for me as I entered that chapter of someone who really has been intentional about still doing what she wants to do. And obviously things change, but going to dinners and going to weddings, she went to a wedding a week after her C-section. I mean, that's insane, <laughs> but you did it. <laughs> and like, wow. that was so wild. like whatever that looks like for you. And so, yeah, I've just really, it's been this really cool thing where I just like really look up to you in that, with that. And yeah, Lord. I just wanted to mention that.
1: I love, love you. you. <laughs> That's that, that so, so much to me. I love that so much.
2: Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I feel that because i not having children yet. Yeah. I have all those same fears. Yeah. Like, what will life look like? And what mm. will I have to give up? And what will my friendships look like? Mm-hmm. And to see people like both of you who mm. have both yeah. and really just navigating the new newness mm-hmm. of having children. But, seeing your friends and doing yeah. doing what you would want to do anyway is so cool and it's yeah it's amazing mm-hmm. that you both are role models for that now on top of everything else so cool
0: mm-hmm. thank you
1: I love it and your kids are so cute oh I all love three her. of them combined oh, they're she all kills pretty me. cute do you have <laughs> dreams of your daughters being best friends
0: yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little oh my besties. God! Totally. Actually, be wait. I meant to tell you. Um, well, I'll show you the video later. But Lila was asking to call Story yesterday. Oh, cute. <laughs> See Story. See baby Story. Call baby Story. I oh, melted. Okay. Oh, she saw dying. a picture of you without Story, and that like triggered it in her head. I was oh on my God. email, and it was Genius. like this tiny your face. You know, in like the little oh, G-Chapping. She's like, see baby story? <laughs> I <laughs> love it. So, already.
2: See, they're already little besties. Oh my God. Isn't that so I, cute? I'm though? so excited to bring them on tour with us in October. We're going to bring our moms with us as babysitters. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they actually were on tour with our uh, our moms went with us to shoot the documentary, which was oh, wow. really, <laughs> yeah. It's so, literally 180 cool. right
0: now. There you, will be 180. Yeah, like, very 180. Totally. Yes. Uh, I have um, 360,
2: 360,
1: I think. Full circle. So, full yeah. circle. 360. <laughs> yeah. 360. Not 180. Yeah. Uh, that's what we have been
2: 180 doing. One eighty,
0: Because
2: yeah. there's babies now. Yes, so. yes. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That'll Aww.
0: be really special. Mm-hmm. I love that. But yeah,
2: I brought that up because I'm so excited for them to hang I know. a lot. I know. Yeah. yeah time so together. That's
1: so special yeah. that you'll bring them. Because I was thinking, how will you do this? with? But obviously, you'll bring them with you. Yeah. yeah. Make so much sense. In. Bring them on the road.
2: Which
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. is really... Just really cool and surreal, and I've again. I know I mentioned this, but like it feels really incredible that we're able to to do that. Because um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would love to you know, like bring their kids with them to work, and it just logistically doesn't make sense or doesn't work out. And so to be able to you know do something that we both love and are so passionate about, um, and have them right there alongside us. I mean, obviously not like in the assembly with us, but like I just remember how surreal it was. The first tour that we did. And Lila was on the road with us. And, um, you know, I'd like pump in the morning before I left or feed her and then go and go do what we normally yeah. do, you know, in schools and talking to all the girls and doing all of that. That just was is so heart-filling and also can be exhausting at the same time. But then to like yes. go back to the hotel and then for her to be there was just, I don't know, it was really incredible because it I don't know that I'd be able to be as present as I was in the schools if, you know, that wasn't the experience at the time. Like if she wasn't, if I was like thinking about her and like all the things that she needed that I maybe was feeling stressed that I wasn't able to provide, or I don't know. There's just a thought that I had. I just feel really lucky to be able to, to Bring them on the road. It's a lot of work. But.
2: Yeah, I'm already <laughs> I'm stressing sure. about the pumping. I'm gonna
0: have to. Do. It's, <laughs> it's a lot.
2: It is oh a lot. I mean, it yeah. Pumping. <laughs> it is it's a lot worst. of work to it seems do that. Like the worst. Oh my! Um, and cleaning the pump. Oh, oh the cleaning. It's that the, is yeah. just oh, that is just really no. gets me.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I pumped before I left today because like oh, the timing wasn't gonna work out. At least you'll be and... pumping
1: together. Oh yeah, that's, that's
0: true. Actually, that is a good point. Yeah, that'll be fun. We'll be pumping while we're playing cards. Yeah, with our on
2: the janitor one. It's like, I got to go. <laughs> Seriously.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. To go through the
1: journey together is special yeah. as much as parts of it suck. I mean, mm-hmm. thinking ahead to that, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm going to be like you. I'm going to be looking to you for advice because I'll be having C-sections because of this fibroid surgery that mm. I'm about to have. And that's like the one big um, implication mm-hmm. is that I'll yeah. have C-sections. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so inspiring to me that you've now had two because um, I know mm-hmm. some doctors will say like having multiple, maybe it gets harder. Mm-hmm. I want to have a lot of kids. So it's going to yeah. be a lot of C-sections. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. But you seem like you're doing great. I'm
0: doing? Uh, yeah. No, After I, a yes. really yeah beginning. Yes. It's C-sections. I didn't realize this prior to having one at all. Our um, major surgery. And I like didn't process that beforehand. Well, I also didn't know. Yeah. Anyways, it it was a lot. Um, And this time around, it was, it was, um, I had some complications afterwards with recovery. And so I ended up back in the hospital. And it definitely takes a toll on your body for sure. But so, I mean, no matter how you labor or give birth, like your body is going through the wringer, no matter which way it happens. Um, And so I think. Yeah, I can't wait for whenever that time happens for you. Please, I could like talk about it for hours. Just all things like (laughs) baby, nursing, pregnancy, everything. Oh yeah, I literally,
2: I stole her entire list Everything that I use is Molly's stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, what stroller, what car seat, what diaper bag, whatever. And I love it all. It's like, it's tell me all the things. And that's so grateful
1: to have that. Yeah. I will be coming to you. Yes. Because I was still. scared about that at first, just because I mean, to have that decision predetermined for you before you're right. even like, yeah. thinking about right. having children yet isn't ideal, right. but it's not the worst thing in the world either. Yes. As illustrated oh, by you and lots of
2: incredible people. So, yes, yeah. So And it's true what they say. You've heard a million times, like no matter what, I don't know if you just said this, but w- no matter what your labor looks like, the mm-hmm. moment you see your baby, mm-hmm. all it all goes it. out the window. It's yeah. so true. Mm-hmm. Like it can be traumatic. And then the oh, yeah. minute you see the little squishy thing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just all, you're like, I'd do this a million times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's and what it I imagine. Like,
0: when you're in it, it's obviously like so intense, but mm-hmm. somehow just again, with every kind of delivery or labor or C-section or whatever, somehow your brain just makes that, like the hard parts go away. And like you really only, I mean, I remember the other parts, but it's crazy how, I feel like it's a coping mechanism that your body like gives to you post birth that you like forget all of the like strenuous and hard and painful things and you just remember otherwise like, nobody would have more than right. one kid yeah
1: right. so exactly. it's got to be <laughs> written in our dna yeah. got to be worth it <laughs> mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well, that's very inspiring to hear Mm -hmm. one of those things I think about all the time ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll move into the rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be that rapid fire, but they're just questions that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. So, and if you don't know the answer to some of these, that's fine. You can just say that. But um, to start, do you know your sun rising and moon
2: signs? I do. (laughs) I'm a Sagittarius with a Pisces moon.
1: Oh, Pisces moon. Yeah, My boyfriend is a Pisces moon. Ooh. I love Pisces moons. I,
2: what's so funny, I because I love all that stuff and I very much identify with the Sagittarius traits. They're like very independent, like do their own thing, travel. Like there's so many things, but I always, any, anytime I'd read it or dive into it, I was like, there's also another side of it though that is very much missing. And the moment... I got the Pisces moon stuff. I was like, the complete picture is fully me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. That's what happens
1: because the moon sign- That's your inner self, like who you truly are. Exactly. Yeah. So people can identify so deeply with that and learning that he was a Pisces moon puts him together. He's a Leo. Mm -hmm. Um, So fire sign, just like Sagittarius. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pisces is just- It's like that, just such a different, like deep emotional Mm -hmm. side to someone.
2: Yeah. And that was my thing. It was like Sagittarius is like non-committal and just whatever and doesn't think about things. And I was like, but I feel very emotionally deep mm-hmm. yeah. like right. the, if, more than yeah. more so than this and then like Pisces is all those things yeah oh
1: no, I love that it. yeah do you know I don't but you know, know. But you know you're a Leo right? yeah I'm a Leo yeah. oh you're but
2: a Leo I, I am when's your birthday August 6th next week oh my gosh coming up so in this podcast crazy. I actually comes up. need to know your moon this is important information I know do you just I'm have to find to... out where you're born like what city you're oh, in yeah, Dallas wait, we were right we're gonna look this up I think I need and to know the time I need to find out the time yeah just find out
1: from your mom your birth certificate because it has to be like oh, down birth- to the minute. I'll look at my birth um, certificate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I stalk mom, all probably. of my friends yeah. to
1: get their birth certificates yeah. and so <laughs> that we can figure all this out. We, we have learned because um, it really says a lot about Oh, um, yeah. says a yeah. lot when you look mm-hmm. at the whole birth chart. Mm-hmm. But you're Leo. Mm-hmm. I love Leo. that. Mm-hmm. So yes. when this podcast comes out, people can wish you a belated happy birthday because oh, it'll yeah. be. Oh, yeah. Monday. Yeah. Right? Is that mm-hmm. your birthday? Yeah. Bird. Monday. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's coming up. That's exciting. Uh, Are you a night person or a morning person?
2: I was a night person. And now (laughs) after having a child, I'm a morning person. (laughs) That's a good switch though. Yeah. I've actually, the mornings are my favorite part of the day. Now I love waking up, looking at like LA is so different at 6am. And I had never experienced it until now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really nice. It's so peaceful. And like I love starting my morning with my coffee and some like and my baby. And just Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just a
0: nice yeah, it's nice, peaceful. I wish I was a morning person. I like want so badly to be a morning. I want to Mm -hmm. love mornings. There even though I'm up, they're still a struggle. I'm more of a night person and I always have been. Me too. Mm -hmm. But with that said, I also I feel like I'm, I'm just tired right now in general. Yeah. I'm like, but I'm also really tired at night recently. But I think that's what, you know, having a newborn will do. Absolutely. am just, just tired. And also but. same.
2: In my soul, I'm definitely... And I, yeah. I don't want to yes. be waking right, up right, right, at right. five. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I've had to become a morning person. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. I've always
1: <laughs> dreamed of being a morning person, but it's just not me. Yeah. Just, I've tried. I've tried to manipulate my schedule that mm-hmm. way so many times. But... Yeah. It takes me a while to wake up mm-hmm. and feel alert and want to see people yeah. and nighttime. That's when I have all my energy. Yeah. Yeah. so mm-hmm. Creatively too. Yeah. Right. Like
2: definitely nighttime right. is like things mm-hmm. are flowing. Yeah. For sure. Well, I love that. So many
1: people are always like, oh, I'm a morning person and I wish. jealous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you guys my. have the best of both worlds right now. What are your spiritual practices? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people who listen to this podcast, we talk about all the spiritual things, meditation, mm-hmm. crystals, mm-hmm. just whatever that might look like for you.
2: One of my spiritual practices as of the last couple of years has been reading poetry. I'm mm-hmm. just like deep in a poetry hole. And I just love when I can, I start my morning with Mary Oliver. She's my favorite poet. And she just really I feel like that's kind of a form of meditation for me. And then just being outside as much as possible. I love, like, it's so important for my soul to just be around trees and like, just like laying in the grass and looking up at a tree, like does something to me. It just, it's so rejuvenating. And yeah, so I'd say reading poetry and like going on a hike.
0: I definitely agree with just being- Travel,
2: sorry, traveling
0: for sure. Yeah, being outside for sure. And then, for me, going to church and like finding community there, um I know that's probably not like this the what exactly you're asking, but um, I just find a lot of like fellowship and community there, and then I've not been great about this, but just like doing some sort of devotional every day helps me,
1: yeah. Yeah. Those are all very grounding. I love Mm. that so much. The poetry thing I've been so into too. I go through phases with poetry and I like to write poetry too. And Mm. I'll go through phases of like I was writing a ton of poems earlier this year, but then after I just started feeling so sick, Mm. kind of stopped doing that, but Mm. I really miss it. And I've Mm. been thinking about it so much. So hearing you say that
2: makes me, makes me. I just got a new... Book. Um, her name's I think Tracy K. Smith, and she's the current, I didn't even know this was a thing. It's called The Poet Laureate of the oh, United yeah. States. Oh, yeah. And her stuff is amazing. So there's a poem in the book I just got that like I posted it on my Instagram. i see what I'm gonna say. I was just about called? to ask. You, yeah. I, was like, I feel God. like I just
0: read this somewhere. So oh, because you posted amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It just really... <laughs> I'll have
2: to get her book. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. It's called The Largeness We Can't See. Ooh. And yeah, her name is Tracy K. Smith. I think that is just, it's, look it up, read it. Yeah. It's (laughs) amazing.
1: Beautiful. Okay. Everybody listening, or they can also find it on your Instagram. Yeah. so Mm -hmm. That's awesome. If you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your
2: energy? My favorite Mm -hmm. color is yellow, but I don't think that, like, yellow to me represents you. Mm -hmm. You are like sunshine Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. I have a bit more of a darkness <laughs> <laughs>
0: well I was gonna the one like the call actually two kind of popped into my head like a like a violet not a violet but like a deep like purple mm. Mm. like I don't know um I see it in my head and I'm like having a hard time describing it but like a deep like purple violet mm. not magenta but like kind of going into then like a yellow yeah. amber Ooh. Those two things are what I'm seeing right now. Beautiful. Wow. Kind of like both sides. So, like cuz yeah. definitely yellow like golden amber. Mm-hmm. But then but then like some violet in there too. Some are you purple. talking about for you or for, for me? Yeah, but for I like okay. kind of were, see the darkness when you yeah. were saying like you see some dark. I feel like you can see mm-hmm. or you can do both.
2: Yeah. Amber. Ooh, amber.
0: Cuz amber's like bright and like dark, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna or go like with amber, I'm gesturing up above that.
1: our head. Yellow, <laughs> yeah. yellow just makes
2: me feel so good. I, I
1: love know, that color. Me too. Mm-hmm. That's cool that you see both, like the blending. Yeah, mm. I know. Sometimes it's just like you close your eyes and you can just see it, mm-hmm. whatever you are. Yeah. yeah. Other days, you you don't. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I see that. I think everybody has their bright color days, and then yeah, for sure. So since this is the Soul on Fire podcast, what would be your top tips for someone who's looking to set their soul on fire?
2: That reminds me of my favorite quote in the whole world by um, just the word soul on fire. Uh, It's by Howard Thurman. And it's, he says, Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And I just love that because I think you might get stuck feeling pressured to like change the world, like start a nonprofit or like do something in like get a giving back space. But if what you're passionate about is baking, then bake, you know, Mm. if that's what like makes you feel alive. Then do that because in turn, you're going to be a better version of yourself. You're going to affect people more positively because you're happy and you're doing what you love. So I'd say, yeah, just do whatever sets your soul on fire and whenever possible, try and disconnect a little bit. I Mm, think mm -hmm. for me, that's something I've been really trying to be intentional about Um, specifically just in the last couple months, like a month ago, I was, I deleted all my, uh, all my social media for a week and it was so nice just like not looking at anything and just being completely present and just exiting that space for a minute and just taking a breath. And it felt really good. Like I actually really didn't want to go back on it. <laughs> and I did, <laughs> but, but how, how much I felt, like how, how much it made me feel like I didn't want to go back on was really interesting. And I like sat with that for a while. I'm like, well, what is that telling me yeah. if I'm like, feeling much better without this. That's something I should pay attention to. So even just taking a week off really actually totally changed how I've been using it ever since. Like I definitely don't look at it as much and I don't know. And it obviously social media is amazing. And it's honestly one of the reasons why kind campaign got as big as it did. It's such an important space, but I think it's good to just kind of take a break sometimes. If that speaks to you, it spoke to me
0: So, and it felt really good. For me, like a tip to set your soul on fire is um, just being around loved ones and like feeling and paying attention to how you feel when you're around loved ones because I feel like that's when, I don't know, you can be your most authentic or true or just like happiest self, or at least that is for me, like being around people that make me feel good about myself and like honing in on that and paying attention to who those people are and like what we're doing. Oftentimes it's just like sitting around and talking and, you know, drinking wine or eating good food and, um, letting that kind of fill you up so that kind of like Lauren was saying, you can go out and I feel like give more of yourself to the things that you love. If you, if you kind of allow yourself to be filled up and make your heart as full as possible by doing whatever it is that you love. But for me, it's, um, you know just being around loved ones and kind of soaking all of that up and now also like being around my little babes and trying to be like trying to just take every moment as it comes and there are times where it feels like the days are never ending and i'm like oh my goodness i can't wait for nap time or like you know like the days just seem so long but then at the same time there's So many little moments throughout the day that I try to like stop and appreciate them for what they are and like let them fill me up. So whatever that is, you know, for anyone listening, just being intentional about like letting the things around you in your life, like fill up your heart and fill up your tank so that then you can go out and give to others and fill up other people's tanks.
1: Those are such beautiful tips and quotes and everything. I love, I love all of that. And it's so true. Taking a social media break is so mm. important. Mm. And I've done that. Whenever I do that, I have the same reaction. Like I don't yeah. want to get back on. Like the first day is usually hard because you keep reaching for it and thinking about it, but then it gets easy. And then mm. life just is so nice without it, mm-hmm. but yeah. it has its benefits. Like you yeah. said It Yeah grown your business and yeah. it's given me my business and yeah, it's so great right. mm-hmm. but having those boundaries and being intentional with your time mm-hmm. and who you spend it with those are huge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if someone was looking to get more involved in the kind campaign where should they go yeah, we well, you do? can
2: obviously follow us online. Um, online, that feels like such a <laughs> AOL.com yeah. online. Yeah. <laughs> Dial up, broadband, <laughs> like what? Um, follow us on <laughs> Instagram and Twitter and all that at Kind Campaign. Then our website is kindcampaign.com. And yeah, all the information about how to book an assembly. I don't know if we actually mentioned this. We have our founders assemblies where we speak, but there's actually assemblies that take place every day of the school year all over the world that are led by um, ambassadors and faculty. Uh, so if you're interested in doing an assembly, you can get all that information on the website. And all of that is free of charge as well. Yes. So
0: it's free for the schools. I'm mm-hmm. so, yeah. sorry I didn't mean to interrupt.
2: Well, that's, I think that's it. Yeah. Just kindcampaign.com and at kindcampaign and all the information about all of our programming is right there. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And where can people find both of you? Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really just use Instagram. Uh, I have a Twitter, but I never use it. So uh, Lauren Paul, and then the number eight on Instagram.
0: And then Molly May M-A-E, Tomps, which is like the first half of my last oh, name. Yeah. It actually sounds really weird to say that <laughs> <Tomps>. out loud. <laughs> Molly Mae Tomps.
1: That's, That's cute. Me. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone listening will want to find you guys and stay up to date on you're not only the kind campaign, but your adorable children and <laughs> your lives. So thank you so much for being here. This was such a good conversation. Thanks I for having us. This thanks was so fun. Awesome. I know. It thanks for so good sitting. chatting and hanging. Yeah, you know, <laughs> thanks for sitting through the construction
2: and... Christening my new yes. place with me. I Mia know we're speak. sitting in her new apartment, and it
0: is this gorgeous this? and bright and amazing best vibes.
1: Yeah, incredible
0: light. Is this the first podcast that you've done from here? I've done a couple. <laughs> oh, okay. well, um well that's been good. Equally yes.
1: loud.
2: But, yeah. yeah <laughs> this
1: is this might be the, the second or the third. Okay. So <laughs> very very close. You're to breaking the, it first, in. I know. Yes. Yay! Congrats oh. on your new space. Yes. Thank you. Love so excited. Thank you. <laughs> Feels so good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode with the incredible Lauren and Molly. I am sure you are just as blown away by everything they've created as I am. It's pretty mind blowing that at 22, they started this completely selfless nonprofit that has changed the lives of hundreds of thousands of girls all over the country. I'm still dying over the stories that they shared about Rachel and about the other girl from the K-12 through school that I so relate to. And I'm just so inspired by who Lauren and Molly are as people, as mothers, as friends, as wives. I mean, they are goals to me in every single way. I'm so proud to know them and to have had them on the podcast and to be able to share with you all about what they're doing with the kind campaign so thank you to both of them for being here hopefully that was the first of many conversations to come with those two and the soul on fire tribe and thank you to everybody for being here and for listening um also check out our sponsor thrive market Use that code or not a code, but link thrivemarket.com slash blonde for 25% off of your first Thrive Market order and head to rossacoffee.com for the best adaptogenic coffee of your life and use the code blonde15 for 15% off. And otherwise, just head over to the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook, hop on in, Introduce yourself and make some friends from all over the world, and come say hi on Instagram. The Balanced Blonde TBB Podcast. I love to hear from you. I love your feedback and all sorts of things. So, very lastly, if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, you can head over to iTunes and do that. Send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com and i will send you my blogging tips and tricks document that i send to everyone who rates and reviews the podcast as a thank you for your time and for your love and support it means the world so thank you again for being here thank you to molly and lauren and the sponsors of our show and everybody who comes together to make soul on fire a possibility I love you guys and I hope everybody has a very magical, soul on fire inspired day.